This chapter which we have read is a great chapter. We see many conversions in this passage of Acts. Lydia, the Lord, opened her heart. This slave girl that was fortune teller also changed and demon cast out. And here we are seeing the jailer is also saved. Even as I come here to this passage, we are seeing how God indeed is committed to salvation of man. Paul saw that Macedonian vision saying, come, come and help us. So that vision, and he went in this area, Macedonia area, and here is at Philippi. And we see the Lord God doing great things and opening the hearts of people to believe in his glorious gospel. Before I bring some of the points which I want to bring forth, I want us to do some observation. The observation number one which we see is Paul and Silas are cast into prison. And also we see this jailer is, in is guarding them and has placed them into the corner that a place where they cannot escape. But when you look at it, you see that Paul and Silas are more free than the jailer. The outside, outside circumstances look gloomy. They were beaten. They were whipped. They are in prison. But when you look at them, they were praising, praying, and praising God in the prison. It seems they memorized the songs. There were no hymn book there. So they must have memorized the songs that they were singing. And they were praying and calling upon the name of the Lord. And we shall see that their prayers was answered by this earthquake. So they are free. They have got peace because they have got peace with God. They have been reconciled back to the Father. Uh, we're reminded of Psalm 23. Even though you walk through, I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. And that's the freedom that a believer in Christ Jesus have, even when the outside circumstances may be bad and difficult. They may be suffering from cancer or some diseases. But believers in Christ Jesus are very free. Look here. They were praising God that night. And they sang the songs to the Lord Jesus Christ. So my friend, maybe you are here, a believer in Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you even through the things you are going through. You can still sing song in the night. And you can call upon the name of the Lord and his saving grace. So that's what we see here. But also we see that this jailer is doing the work, but he's, he's in prison. He's the one who is in real prison. He does not have peace with God. He's not reconciled back to God. His sin has not been forgiven. We can see his life looked easy. He was sleeping, such that even when the songs and the prayers were made, he was not hearing. 
It was relaxing, but indeed, he was in prison. And dear friend, this is very true. It is possible even you who is here, who is looking at me, you may be free. Outward living may be doing well. But my friend, if you are not in Christ Jesus, if your faith is not in Christ Jesus, you are in prison. A worse prison than the external prison that Paul was in. You may be highly educated and you say, ah, I am in the top of the world. Yeah, my dear friends, outside the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not. You are not. You are in a terrible condition. You are in a terrible condition, situation, and you can perish any moment and perish forever. Appeal to you by the mercies of God that as you hear the word of God, you may come to him in faith and believe in him and put your faith in him and be just justified and be made holy. This, this person seemed to have been so free yet in prison. You remember when the, the prison was shaken and the doors were open? What was his response? Suicide. Suicide. He wanted to kill himself. Thank God for his grace and for his mercies that Paul maybe heard him, maybe talk loudly, or by God's revelation, revealed to him that the man wanted to, to kill himself. And say, we are all here. You heard that voice. We are all here. Otherwise, he was going to murder himself and go to hell forever. What danger was he in? You know, there are some cultures where people glorify suicide. It's really sad. It's really sad. I know that some cultures, they don't glorify suicide, but also they are in danger of losing their own soul. So this guy, this jailer, at this particular place, he was in a bad condition. He was in, he was in a terrible prison, the prison of sin. If you ask them, are you, are you in prison? They say, no. The Bible say, we are either, all of us have got masters, you know. We are either slave to righteousness or slave to sin. All of us who are here, no middle ground, friend. No middle ground. Nowhere to escape. You are either slave of righteousness or a slave of sin. At this particular time, this person was a slave of sin. My dear friend, will you die in your sin? Will you keep on allowing sin to reign over you and be your master? I plead, I plead with you tonight that you may come to the Lord for salvation. And then, something also which you'll observe, then I come to what I want to speak was the earthquake. Response to Paul and Silas' prayers and singing to the Lord, we see that there was earthquake. Let me read it, verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone 
bands were losing. What a providence. What a providence. What an opportunity that the Lord gave to this man, this jailer. The Lord answered the prayer of sin by bringing the earthquake. There was no way they could open the doors. There was no way they could loosen themselves. That's an example of how we are slaves to sin. We can't lose ourselves, no matter how strong we are, no matter how educated we are, no matter how bright we are. Sin has captured us in every aspect of our lives. Our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our hearts, every aspect of our lives have been corrupted by sin. And we cannot do anything good left ourselves. The Puritans, they used to say, even the tears we shed in prayers must be cleansed by the blood of Christ in order to be accepted before God. They can't. What a picture that we have God who can shake the foundation, all foundation, the dead can live. Those who are dead in their sin and trespasses, even as you are here, my friend, there's hope for you. We have God who to answer prayer, God who can send that great earthquake, we call it regeneration. God, the Holy Spirit can quicken you. And for the first time, you see, ah, ah, I'm lost. There's hope for you if you see that you are lost. There's a hope for you. My friend, there's a hope for you. Look at this man. The first response was fear, you know. The first response was fear. Losing his job and also being murdered. Could have been killed. The law was very firm and stiff. The penalty meant death. And there were many of them, prisoners who were left. Who we thought were free. And so the response was to commit suicide and die. But then Apostle cried by God's grace again and providence and say, here we are. Can this be your earthquake today? Opportunity that you hear the word of God? Can it be? You know, God do give us opportunities. Some Sunday after Sunday, you will listen to the word of God. One day the dark door will be closed, my friend. And you will be lost forever. Can it be that you are seeking, as you are sitting here, maybe the Lord is shaking the door by every foundation of your soul as he did with this man. And then he asked, that's what, what I wanted to look at, number one, which he has. He asked that great question. Sars, look, he's even humble. The earthquake has made his humble. Before he was not, he was not concerned. And you see, that work, that opening, that the movement of the Holy Spirit, that conviction. Now he starts to see things well. He's a bit humble now. You say, Sars. He was arrogant. You say, go in. Make sure he locked them. And now he realized, no, 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 no. I have the key of the prison, but I don't have the key to, for, to heaven. Key for to lock people in. But there's another key. Previously he was afraid 
Humiliation will be humiliated because he left the prisoners run out. He was afraid of condemnation and punishment. But now that's not a problem. No longer that. There is another punishment and condemnation that is more afraid than the first one. He asked, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? Dear friend, this is the greatest question you can ask when the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit awaken you. The greatest question ever. What must I do to be saved? If you ask him at this particular time, he may think there are some things you, you may need to do. I'll come to the answer. But he asks, what must I do to be saved? He's troubled. He's convicted. The Lord opened his eye to see that which is waiting for him, unless God do something, is eternal damnation. A condemnation which is forever and ever. Do you think about your soul? Do you value your soul? My friend who is loving and rejoicing in sin, the wages of sin is death. He was awakened. He said, what must I do to be saved, to be rescued, to be delivered from the eternal punishment? What must I do? The question each and every one of us must ask, or somehow, by help of God, we have asked. The anger of God burns against sin constantly. It says, the soul that sin shall surely die. And yet all of us have seen, have fallen short of the glory of God. I'm appealing to you by the mercies of God. Oh, you need to consider. You need to be rescued. You need to be delivered from the anger, the burning anger of God. The soul that sin shall surely die. The soul that sin shall surely die. This man is awakened to that problem. And this is not death that we die physical death. Yes, we die both. If you are a sinner, we die both. We die spiritually. We, you are dead spiritually. And that spiritual death we live to eternal death. Dear friends, God must punish sin. So, either Christ paid your debt or you'll pay for yourself. He asked that great question, what must I do to be saved? His eyes are open. He look and see the eternal death coming. He see the anger of God. He see for the first time, I'm separated from God. My sin has separated me from God. You remember that in Isaiah, it must be Isaiah 59. The hand of God is not short that he should not save, nor his ears dull that he cannot hear. But it's your sin that has separated you from him. Sin separates us from God. Can you look? Can you look what sin has done? Separate from God. For the first time, realize I am separated from God. God who gives us breath. God who sustains us. The very God who keeps us. 
We defy him. And we go away from him. That's what sin has done to us. Again, like what the Puritan, they used to say, the sinfulness of sin is that sin is against God. It's onslaught against God. You know, some people have got wrong theology about sin. They say, oh, if I commit sexual immorality, I may get HIV, I may get... So they try to prevent all those pregnancies. They try to... Pre- That's wrong view about sin. The sinful of sin is that you are sinning against God. The very God who created you. The great God who sustained you, who has given you life. He realized for the first time in his life, I am separated from God. He realized that he was under guilt. Master, what must I do to be saved? And see him, writer, was very happy when his sin was forgiven. He said, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. And there is where he passed that great word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. You can sing it. You can sing it, my friend. If to, right now the Lord is convicting you, you are realizing, no, 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 no. I've been living for myself. I've been thinking that I'm free, but I'm a slave of sin. Even a dot of sin cannot come near God. And you just need to run. Run to him. Don't wait. And you tell me, pastor, even before I come to the next, you ask me, pastor, how do I do it? Don't leave this hall. Stay in this hall and cry to the Lord under that table. Talk to him. Please talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him, and he will have mercy upon you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. No one will go to hell who will cry to the Lord for mercy and say, I never received mercy. Everybody who will go to hell deserve it. The man cried. This man who formerly was not caring for his soul was at peace and sleeping. Whereas his, his soul was in danger, he asked. What must I do to be saved? And the apostles were not, were not reluctant, you know. Sometimes preachers, we are reluctant. We are reluctant if you are here and you are a preacher or saved and you are reluctant. Woe unto you. Look at these brethren, Paul and Silas. They were not reluctant. They were very ready, ready to give an answer. Ready to give the answer, an answer to him. And he said this in verse 31. And they say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Oh, he is a sufficient savior. He will save you and he's so sufficient that he's able even to save your family. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they answered him. Believe in the Lord you don't need to do anything. You know, he said, what must I do? You know, he thought that maybe, and that's what people, many of you here are asking. I go to church, I pray. Uh, they're like, that has collector. I give a tithe, you know. Oh, uh, 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 uh. I remember one day we were questioning a student who wanted to join a Bible college. And we asked him, when were you saved? He said, when I was in my mother's womb. I said, which creature is this? Which creature is this? 
Dear friends, we were not saved. If there is anything, we were sinners when we were in our mother's womb. Adamic nature followed us. Sin followed us. And also we have also seen, we have broken the law of God. No one here can carry up their hands and say that I have not broken. He told him, nothing to do. He wanted, what must I do? And some of you thinking, I want to make myself good. I want to make myself better. I want, I want to fulfill this. I want to do these other things. I'll, I'll pray more. I'll give more. No, no, he did not answer that. They told him, what you need is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your weight upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust upon his death. Depend upon his atoning sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Believe on him. And this is not a faith of demons. You know, Bible said, you believe there's God? Yes, even dem demons believe. And they are further than you. They tremble. They tremble and they remain demons forever. So you know, just say, I believe in God and I believe in religion. No, 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 no. It's not intellectual faith. It's not even historical faith believing that, oh, there's a man called Jesus who existed. This one is personal commitment. And you look to the Lord Jesus Christ and you say, here, Lord, I come. I lack all righteousness. My righteousness are like filthy rags before you. Oh, dear Savior, I need that righteousness that satisfies your justice. I need that righteousness which the Lord Jesus Christ alone can give. And you look and you say, Lord, you know, your obedience in fulfilling the law, you never seen from the time you were born. You kept the law perfectly. There was no sin found in you. That's what I'm trusting. I'm trusting your obedience, O Savior. Then you go back, you say, I'm looking to the cross of Calvary. Where are you, dear Lamb of Calvary? Thou shed the blood on, oh, for me. And I say, I trust upon your blood. Trust upon your blood. And your blood alone. You say like the hymn writer, nothing in my hands I bring. Nothing I bring. Simply thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul eye to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Can that be your prayer? Can that be your prayer? Where you are in that table, my friend? Oh, my friend, you are in a very dangerous and a very slippery place. Don't go home the same. I plead with you. I plead with you by the mercies of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your trust upon the Savior. Lean on him. Call upon him. Put your trust upon him. He is the one who will give you that righteousness. And not only that, he is also the only one who is able to redeem, who is able to free us from that slavery, power of sin. The Lord Jesus Christ is able to break that power of sin. Or sometimes, even people, because of sin we have committed, sometimes it creates us stress, and sometimes we go to depression. Sometimes people go to depression because of sin. They never talk, tell their doctors. You cannot tell a doctor. Sometimes they fear. If I say this to a doctor, I'll shame myself. And so they don't say, and so we try, the doctor may try to help you, and you cannot be helped. Let me tell you, my friend, the Lord can free you today. Don't tell me as a pastor. Can you tell it to the Savior where you are seated? Say, Lord, this is the sin that is causing me problem. And I'm putting my trust upon you. 
and believing in your glorious gospel, trusting upon the Lord Jesus Christ, he is able to redeem. Do you remember when children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt? It was impossible for them to free themselves. God say, I have come. There's a day I read it, and I saw it. I felt like I have never felt before. He say, I have come. I've seen their suffering, and I have come to redeem them, to rescue them. And you know, redemption includes even paying a price, and the Lord has paid a price, and that price is his precious blood on the cross of Calvary. Ah, oh, you young people, some of you are very young. Don't allow sin to harden you. Don't live for sin until you get old and you are hardened and you go to hell. You young people, may you come to the Lord. May you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for freedom, freedom from power of sin. For how long are you going to, to love your sin? You young people who are here, for many years, are you going to spend in vanity and slavery market of sin? There's a savior if you believe in him, if you put your weight upon him, if you lean on him, if you trust him, and trust him, and hang there only, you shall be saved. Not you will be. You shall be saved. You will be saved. And you'll go home. Remembering Trinity Baptist Church, remembering dine and listen, go home saying, praise be to God, I am free, I am redeemed, I am redeemed, I am redeemed. My sin has been washed. Oh, what a savior we have, able to wash to the uttermost all who come to God through him. May you be the one. Don't think that it is my neighbor who will remain at home who is, don't compare yourself with other people. Say, ah, I've got somebody who remained back home. And you say, me, no, I don't lie. Me, I'm not like other men. You are a sinner. In fact, that's pride. That itself is pride. And pride is sin. Come to the Savior. Thou shalt be saved. You'll have peace with God. You'll have peace with God. You'll have eternal life. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ said, what did he say? This is eternal life. I like giving that illustration of mine. You know, definite, they call it definite article. This is eternal life. When we were younger, we used to go to school. Sometimes teachers will tell us to go with banana. And you call it banana. And the teacher will ask you, what is this? And we say, that is banana again. That, you know, it's definite, you can see it. And the Lord Jesus said, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. That you may believe the only God and Christ Jesus whom is seen. It is life eternal. And the one who is saying is none other than our beloved Lord and Savior, the great Messiah, he saying, this is eternal life. The eternal life is what? Believing in God and Christ whom he sent. May you put your weight upon the Lord Jesus Christ, whom their Father has set before us. The love of God will be shed abroad in your heart.
Having said that, let us look one more. So we have seen great question that he asked. What must I do to be saved? That's a very great question that we must ask. And then we got that great answer that they readily answered. Those who have experienced the saving grace of God, they are easy and quick to answer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what has happened with our generation. When we were younger, those days we used to have Kenya bus. Even when I was here, here in Nairobi, in the 90s, Kenya bus, we used to witness. You will talk with your neighbor. There was no this loud music that now dominates matatus and buses. They were not there. So there was a time of reading your Bible, a time of sharing. What has happened with us? Where is that burning fire for you Christians, those of you who are saved, to tell other people to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? You need to do that, dear friends. Encourage you. Don't leave the work of telling others to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to pastors and deacons and those who are in church. It's our duty as believers in Christ Jesus to tell others to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need our churches to go back to evangelism, which is not just left for few individuals, but the church as a whole have got a desire to tell others to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see something from verse From verse, let me just say from verse 32. And they spoke unto him, word of the Lord, and all that, all that were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and his household. And when he brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. That's what I want to end with. Here, we see the, a great outcome or the result or the fruit of salvation. Sometimes people will refer as faith and obedience. We see it here. Can you look at this man, a great change that has happened immediately? And the Lord is able to change. Change even the very worst. At the same hour of night, he washed their stripes and was baptized. Look, this man, he was sleeping, was not caring. Now all of a sudden, the gospel has come, not to earn salvation, not to earn salvation, that's what nothing can do. But now we see the fruit of salvation. Now the man is changed. Now he's washing their, their wounds. Now he cares. They went there with the wounds. He was not caring. He was sleeping. But now all of a sudden, the, the Lord has brought a great change in his life. And dear friend, the Lord is able to bring that great change in your life. Some people say that Christian, if you are a Christian and you used to be a thief, and now you are master thief, you have never been saved. You have never. You have never. I'm not talking of a Christian who may be still struggling with sin and saying, oh God, again, I've fallen to this. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying a person who say, ah, I've stolen and I'm still, I'm expert in these things. And he rejoiced in his stealing. Those people have never known Christ. 
This man is changed. He's now sympathetic. He's now washing the strife. And he was baptized. A confirmation of what has happened inside, isn't it? Eh. Confirmation. He was not baptized first and then saved, no. The Lord convicted him. The Lord saved him. The Lord changed him. And the baptism, now he's baptized. And those days, identifying with Christ was not easy. Remember, Paul and Silas are in prison because they freed that slave. They were whipped. They were beaten. But this man is now ready, ready for people to, uh, to see publicly that he's not ashamed of the Lord. And he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we cannot be saved and we are ashamed and we don't even want to, to say that we are believers. Please, I want you to come to the Lord and believe. I'll not tell you to close your eye and carry your hand. People should not see you. Publicly, this man declared publicly in baptism that he's saved, he's changed. He never just carries us somewhere. Don't look at your neighbor. No, look your neighbor. Be bold enough. Look at your neighbor. But look heavenward for the saving grace that is in the Lord Jesus. He's changed. He's washing them. And look again. I want to end. He brought them into his house and set them meat or food. He, he's now caring. This, this guy maybe have not eaten. He's now giving them food. He's, he's, turned into, he's hospitable. He's now like Lydia. The man is also hospitable. He's now setting meal before these missionaries. He's feeding missionaries. And he's caring for missionaries. Dear friends, the Lord do bring great change. And great change was brought in this man's life. And I want to end with that. This was with an Ethiopian eunuch. It was with the same with, the, if you read Acts 8, in... I don't remember the city where Philip preached. One of those cities that preached. Philippi. Samaria. Look what happened. Believing in God. Indeed, he's, he's indeed saved. Believing in God. With all his house. But what, was, what happened to them? He rejoiced. The gospel brings true joy. True joy that cannot be manufactured. The gospel brings true joy. The man... Rejoice. The man that wanted to hang himself, to kill himself, the man rejoice. What joy? You are missing a joy. A joy which the world cannot give. A joy which money cannot give. A joy which education cannot give. The joy that only the Lord Jesus Christ give unto his people. Do you remember in the book of Philippians? He gave Paul joy and he wrote more about joy when he was in prison. The Lord is able to give you that joy. Oh, may you know that joy in your heart tonight. May you know that joy that you have been transformed by the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, I want to end there. I'll pray and then you'll have a time. If you still have a good question, Pastor Eric is there. Pastor Murungi is there. And even Pastor Dominic is around here. And even those who are serving here, you can talk with them. But I, I plead with you, but in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, cry to God for mercy. Don't leave that door.
Don't leave that door. If you came not believing, don't leave that door. Please just cry to the Lord. You don't need to shout. You can even just speak inwardly. Even as I'm ending with a word of prayer, you can even pray inwardly. Ask him to have mercy upon you and forgive you and cleanse you and make you anew. Let us come to him in prayer. Our glorious Lord and eternal Father, we thank you that you are God of grace. We thank you for Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior, who shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary on our behalf. Christ rose from the dead on the third day. Christ, who is now exalted at your right hand, praying, interceding for us. Christ, who is coming back to take us home, to be with him forever and ever. You are worth living for, O Lord. May draw men and women, boys and girls to yourself. May some here believe and put their trust upon you, O Lord. May their sin be taken away. May you make them anew. O Lord, we thank you for the church, Trinity Baptist Church, for organizing this meeting, O Lord. We pray for your grace and your favor be upon them, Lord, that they may not weary in reaching out and proclamation of your glorious gospel. Oh, Lord, endue them with power from on high to magnify your glorified Son. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.